So here we go. As you saw that guy express to you how roots of words work, right? Generic stem names of drugs, right? And so here's the drug, clinical trials. Oh my gosh. Oh shoot. Prince of Wales Hospital, Hong Kong, Hong Kong, China. Shut up. Stop it. You gotta stop. You gotta stop. 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 So wait, what? Stop. China, 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 China. China, 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 China. Hmm. This is interesting. Hmm. Very interesting. Let's see what states and stuff they actually tried it on. All right, so they did it in Brooksville, Florida. Investigational site is where it's at. Lakeland, Miami. Then they withdrew in children. Well, I wonder why. Uh, in uh, At the University of Birmingham, Arkansas, a children's hospital in Little Rock in Orange County, California. And then they also terminated, uh, you know, to study and evaluate the efficacy of safety. Terminated. In Birmingham, Alabama, Hot Springs, Arkansas, Jonesburg. I mean, you know, they're just like over there. They run away from their cousins. So let's just test drugs there. And you wouldn't know. I mean, you would. You'd have to sign up. You'd have to know. It wouldn't be like, oh, you need to take it. Come here. You're inside. Now we do it. Completed the study of paramavir in hospitalized subjects with confirmed suspected. Okay. See, I have a problem with those words confirmed, suspected. Okay. You can't confirm something that you suspect, right? I can confirm that I suspect you ate my cookie. Okay. So you're confirming that you're suspecting and that would give you the ability to confirm your suspicion so you can give it them, but you don't know if they have influenza. That's so weird. How do you not know they have influenza if you're suspecting it? Yeah. So this is also weird. And you would think they get billions and billions. These are clinical, clinicaltrials.gov. So it was completed here and it has results. We'll click on some of them. Terminated, a study to evaluate the efficacy and safety of intravenous paramavir. In addition to standard care, to standard of care alone in adults and adolescents who are hospitalized due to influenza. It doesn't mean they have it. It has to be due to influenza. Symptoms would be cough, sore throat, nail congestion. Damn, I have a sore throat now. I guess I would be part of that. Oh, this was terminated. This was in La Mesa, California, Long Beach, and Modesto. Oh, what does it say here? And 193 more. And 107 more. And 66 more. And, and, oh my gosh, it looks like it's been done all across America. Wait, we have 16 studies? Let's keep going. Completed, completed, withdrawn, withdrawn, intramuscular. They're not doing it. 
pharmacokinetic paramivir in hospitalized adults undergoing continuous renal replacement therapy. Shit. Pharmacokinetic assessments. Pharmacokinetics was one of my favorite classes that I took at the College of Pharmacy, which was part of the graduate studies that I did. Fantastic. Because you learn how they test for upper limits of a drug, lower limits. So it's like, I want you to pick, imagine it like food coloring, right? You're just like, okay, I'm just going to put one drop. Yeah, it's blue, but it's not as blue as I want it. Let me add another drop. It's blue, but it's not there yet. Let me add another drop. Mm, it looks good. Let me add. Oh, I like that blue. Damn, that's some good blue. And then you add another one. Like, no, fuck that. Now it looks black. I don't like that. I want blue. So then you know, oh shit, four drops make it. That's how you know you get that sweet spot LD50 Goldilocks zone, right? You need that sweet spot where you've tested the medicine and you know, hey, if it's in this concentration in the body, it works. That's exactly what they were doing. They were checking to see how much do we give these people to work that are so susceptible because they have renal replacement therapy. We're just going to give them drugs. But then for some reason at the university, Northwestern Memorial Hospital, of course, in Chicago, right? They withdrew. Guess a few people died, maybe. So weird. So bizarre. Here it is where they're putting it together with other antivirals like neuraminidase. That's an antiviral, right? Biloxivir, that's another antiviral, right? These drugs were also used in at Torrance Memorial Center in Colorado and 167 more. All these drug trials happening right there under your nose. Some of you don't even know. Some of you do. I mean, right now you don't. Most. So let's just see what um, what withdrawn means. Let's see. Does it tell us? Posted June 17th. Oh, shit. They were testing that drug. And, uh, you know, they just renamed it. It's kind of like they got a name, a BLA. Okay. Renal failure. Okay. Outcome. The primary outcome measure will be determined. Eligibility. Okay. Criteria. Okay. Verified. Okay. Here's the responsible Bahardi. That's the person in charge of getting all the data. Okay. Doesn't tell us a lot. Hmm. Let's go back. Let's go find one with results, right? You guys, let's see. Safety, pharmacokinetic effectiveness of the intravenous and higher risk subjects with uncomplicated influenza. So these are people that don't have complications like, I don't know, an pneumonia or renal failure or anything else. Let's see the results. Let's see. So they did this in 2015. Wait, they posted the results just around the time that they were going to use Rindesivir? Stop it. Oh, come on, Tori. Out of all of those, you picked the one. And then, so this is sponsor that did this was BioCrest Pharmaceuticals, right? So let's see. A single IV dose of paramivir was administered to adults considered at risk, including pregnant women, resident, you know, at long-term care facilities, American Indians and Alaskan Natives. Wait, stop. 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 Quick question. At-risk people that are under the age of 65 are pregnant people. Of course, they're carrying a baby. People in long-term care facilities. Of course, because they're in the long-term care facility because they can't care for themselves. Can't walk, can't talk, can't swallow, can't go to the bathroom, right? Broken legs, broken hips, hindered breathing, right? American Indians and Alaskan Natives. I'm so sorry. I'm so confused. So if you're born on a reservation and you're American Indian, you're immediately an at-risk person. Okay. Okay. I, hear me out. Hear me out. So if you are an American Indian, you are considered at risk. 
if you're under the age of 65. You don't have a comorbid. It doesn't say comorbidities. It just says American Indians and the indigenous Alaskan natives. Listen carefully. Look at their words. And then, as well as those with comorbidities, example, asthma, heart disease, diabetes, the increased complication, as well as. So apparently, the NIH, for some reason, has categorized Native Americans and Alaska Natives, indigenous, right? Just Let's just say indigenous people. We don't have to separate them because they're separated by Canada, right? Let's just stick with indigenous, right? So all of them, probably because most of them are haplogroup X, but that's another story. We can do mitochondrial haplogroups at another time. But again, so the natives are American Indians, you know, Indian feather, not dot, right? Those are the ones that are considered ask at risk individuals with no cohort. So just existing, you're at risk. And the question is, huh? Why? Why are they at risk? Why are they vulnerable? So that's question number one you should be asking yourself. So the study had 41 people in it. <laughs> the intent to treat is the ITT. The safety population included enrolled subjects who received any amount of the study drug. So remember, it was to check the efficacy. How much of the drug do we give so that it works, right? And then the intent to treat the infected is your ITTI population. And that included people that were enrolled, treated, and had influenza type A or B that was confirmed with PCR. So weird because PCR can't confirm this shit, but okay. I mean, it kind of can, but it, no, it can't. So exposure response ER population included in all subjects uh, in the ITTI population, which is, again, the intent to treat infected uh, population who had quantifiable paramivir concentration on day one and had at least one post-baseline effective assessment. So they had 41 people to start. 41 of those were were, were recruited for the intent, intent to treat. Um, 41 of them obviously received any amount of the study drug, zero to 100%, right? 28 of them were with the intention to treat uh, the infected. So 28 of them, right, a little bit more than half, had whatever they said was influenza A and B. I'm going to just go out on a limb here and say they were all natives, but I'm just going out on a limb. Yeah, because, you know, when you find out that these flus are actually versions of HIV, you're going to be really pissed. So let's keep going. So out of all of these, the study was completed in 41 people. So weird. Then they went to the elderly and then the very elderly, which they started with 26 and 25 were completed. One wasn't completed because the subject withdrew. Maybe they died. You know, they don't tell you that. They tell you how many of them, their age mean, uh, the sex, right? They collect that race. Okay. Race. Let me just see how many of them were native. So number of race, measure type, counter participant, number analyzed 41. There was only one Native American, 37 white people, one unknown. Okay, wait, stop. Wait a minute. See, damn. So it was 37 white people, one person nobody knows, two people that were black or African American, and one American Indian or Alaska Native. But they're looking at people that are at risk. Okay, fair enough. So I guess the 28 of them 
were the majority white people. <laughs> so they tested it all on white people. Maybe in a prison, you know, they do do that. Sometimes you get some good behavior and some payment. So the subjects were asked to provide an assessment of seven influenza symptoms. Cough, sore throat, nasal congestion, myalgia, aches and pains, that is, right? Headache, feverishness, and fatigue on a four-point severity scale. Zero, nothing. Four is like, uh, number three is like, oh, my God, it sucks. So um, the score defined the sum of the symptoms. The maximum score possible they could get is 21. And that's usually someone that complains that they're a victim and everything's like a three. It's severe. I'm a victim. Oh, my God. And they all score 21 on those things. Okay. So then let's go. <sighs> this is so bad. I'm so sorry. I'm showing this to you because this is going to really piss you off. All right. So they administered the dose, right? Subjects we, with at least one adverse event. So we had about half of, oh, so wait, 41 patients were analyzed. Hold on. Subjects with one adverse event is 17. Subjects with at least one adverse event related to study drug, five of them. Uh, okay, so that's in the at-risk, but less than 65. In the old, old people, uh, in the elderly, not very elderly, there were 25 people, nine adverse events, three of them were to the drug, one of them was life-threatening. And then to the very old, one had an adverse event. <laughs> So this is how they collect plasma exposure of IV paramivir as measured by drug concentration up to three hours post-infusion. So obviously they got it intravenous and this is how they do it. These are the participants. These are their numbers. This is the data we get. Hold on. Let's go down. They've changed the way they put this down. Hold on. Adverse events. Um, see at risk, uh, all cause more mortality. So they, they had one with severe adverse events. Where's the percentage? Okay. That's interesting. So number of events, infusion site, extra mission. Okay. So these are all the things. Cystitis, urinary, blood pressure, blood pressure, psychiatric disorders like insomnia, wheezing, dyspnea, rash, dermatitis. So they check for all of these. Abnormal breath sounds, diarrhea. Guys, um, this is the NIH, right? I'm just, you know, I'm not a very good speller, but can someone tell me? Oh, let me look at the chat. You, I just highlighted something. Is it me or is it not spelled like that? Yeah, that's what I said. It, it's, it's just weird. So here's where they tested this drug. Um, it says that the investigators are not employed by the organization sponsoring the study, meaning that they do not work for bios. BioChrist Pharmaceuticals, but they do get paid to do it, right? And this study actually was cited to be able to allow remdesivir to um, be used. And now it doesn't say that. Yeah, well, people will find it because I know people will start digging and they'll find it because, see, here is where the generic stems come out on the subgroups. So remdesivir, let me see if I can get it here. Let me see if I can find it here. Modify search. Um, there we go. Because they have to show the citations. I mean, they're so dodgy about it. Oh, so they're recruiting. Wait, what happened here? Oh my gosh, is Rendezivir Chinese? Stop it. Stop. Oh my gosh, I totally didn't know. I totally didn't know that China had it and they suspended it, terminated it. <laughs> 
Oh, in, in in Uganda. I mean, who gives a fuck about Uganda, right? I mean, that's fucking Gates territory right there. Oh my gosh, from is totally Chinese. And they terminated it and suspended it. So weird. Oh, I would have never guessed. Oh, look at that. Pakistan's recruiting. How many idiots are going to run? Hong Kong, Budapest, Uganda completed. Oh, let's see if there's any. Oh, no results. Dang. Talk about secretive. Let's see if the terminated gives us anything. In December 2019, Wuhan. <laughs> wait a minute. Stop it. Wait, wait. Okay. Can we just like, girl, let's talk. Let's talk. So, you know, all these investigative journalists that know so much shit and all these PhDs, doctors, and alphabet soups after their name. Yeah, so fucking weird. In 2019, they were using it. Oh, my gosh. Damn. I wonder if President Trump knew about this. So, anyway, they became the center of an outbreak. <laughs> Stop. But they were already in... <laughs> I'm not going to laugh hard. You know, no, I will. They were in phase three at the time when they suspended this shit. And oh, my gosh. Oh, girl. It happened in Wuhan? No way. Fauci said they don't do shit like this there. Let's take a look. So, yeah. Oh, whoa. They became the center of an outbreak. But I thought it didn't come from China. That's so weird. Huh. <laughs> I thought it's not China virus. All right. So, so the new coronavirus is like SARS, blah, blah, blah. So they actually started the study on February 6th. Oh, oh dear. They kicked it off with the State of the Union speech. So badass. And they finished the primary completion was March 30th, but the study completion date was April 10th. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm so confused. Wait, it finished, terminated. Wait, 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 stop one second. I'm, I'm, oh man, this is so confusing. Are you, wait, wait a minute. So you're starting a study on February 6th. Let's just get this straight. You know, we need to make sure. Okay. So we start the study because the epidemic was controlled in China. They stopped it. Stop. Or wait, I'm so confused. Was it controlled in China then? Wait, so it was controlled in China. So China only wore masks for like 15 days to slow the spread. <laughs> They've been wearing masks. Um, huh. That's, that's so bizarre. I, so I want to know, does the CDC take this research from the Wuhan lab that was terminated? So they never completed the study. I am just trying to think about this um, because this was, uh, the responsible party for this was the Binkao China Japan Friendship Hospital at the Meadow. <laughs> what if they did it on the Uyghurs, right? This will just be the cherry on top, right? Because, you know, obviously I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, so phase three. So it was a phase three. Ran we, we stop. Okay. Let's all start counting. So we start with zero, right? We start with zero. And then when you start a drug trial, right, you go from zero to phase one to phase two and phase three. So I'm thinking that in Wuhan, they start counting at three, right? They start counting at three 
uh, because the actual study start date was February 6th, and that was a phase three randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled multi-study to evaluate the efficacy and safety of remdesivir in hospitalized adult patients with severe COVID-19. So what I'm trying to point out here is that I'm trying to make sense of this, right? Super sense of it. They picked 237 people, maybe Uyghurs, maybe not, all adults that have severe COVID. And on February 6th, the whole trial started on remdesivir. Super cool. New drug. Let's try it out. But they went straight to phase three. So I'm very confused what happened to phase one and two. Um, I don't see any results for that. Let's just scroll down and see. Maybe the NIH, who has Chinese information on here and use their information to push it, uh, use the information from a terminated study that didn't give you any results because, uh, let me see, uh, COVID-19 can be controlled well. In China, no eligible patients can be enrolled at present. Thank you. So there are no results. It was in Beijing. Let's see. What does he say? Um, who are these people? Let's see. Evaluation of efficacy. Let's see what he said. Let's look what it says. Ah, na, 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 na. Methods. Na, 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 na. This is the first randomized placebo-controlled trial. Enrollment began in sites in Wuhan province, January 6th, same day that Pelosi tore up that paperwork. She's like, it's go time. Let's go. So, so wait a minute. So are you saying that the CDC is using uh, Chinese data that was terminated because, you know, COVID under control, we're good. Um, as protocols? Huh? Can I see trial registration number? Wait, hold on a second. Um, I'm a little bit confused. It is in Wuhan, right? Clinicaltrials.gov. I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say, like, this is just a wild guess, Fauci lied. Because I don't know how you can have this... And I'm not really confused. I'm just pointing shit out. Okay, guys? Let me show you what I'm pointing out. This is the National Institute of Health in the U.S. It's the clinical trial site. I want you all to ask yourself, why do we have Chinese trials in a U.S. website? Exactly. Bingo. The United States was financing this. In Wuhan. So, see, it's not very hard. So I was just being sarcastic. I want to have some fun, okay? I've had a really shitty day. I had some loser that I welcomed into my house do something that actually threatened my child being in my possession. And not only that, to other people that we love. <laughs> it was just terrible. So um, I had a shitty day, so I got to laugh. So um, here we are, right? And we see this now. We see that we have a government identifier for this study. And we paid Wuhan. So remember, this is before the shutdown. 
It was when Pelosi was telling us, stop, come to Chinatown. Let's all have some fortune cookies. We make them right here downtown. Remember? She said that 20 days after they started this trial that we were funding. So all you fucking journalists out there, you're doing a disservice to everyone. See, if I had the time, I would have written all this shit. This shit has been there. All right. It's not something new. Right. It's all there. You have everything you need. It's just there's not enough of me to point it out. Today, I just went over on time. Right. And thought, let me share this with people. Let me show them what AIDS is because it sounds identical to the shit that they're shoving down your throat on CNN, NBC and all these fucking doctors aren't seeing what they're giving you. So. This video is there. Hopefully people will download it. It's usually saved on you on um you know, where are all these fucking reporters? They suck. Nobody wants to tell you the truth. And that's the thing. If I showed you everything I see, you'll be like, damn, my whole life is a lie. Which it totally is. Totally, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. This is why you have to educate yourself so you can see it yourself going forward. Okay. People talk. People think they know. People pretend they know, right? How many of them have walked you through where the fuck to go to find this shit? We sat together and we analyzed how there was no, (laughs) that there was no, uh, what is it? License, uh, or that it was approved. It was only approved to run with that name. We also saw every single fucking drug trial that just not popped up. Oh, can't find it. And then I told you they're coming for the babies later next year, right? Because it was there. The thing is, that's not magic. It's there. It's free. In the age of information, ignorance is a choice. And I'm not saying that people are choosing to be ignorant, but there's so much out there. I mean, there's, I'm only one person and there's only 24 hours in a day. And damn, does time slip for me. So in order for you to understand how they've been doing this under your nose is that they've convinced you that there are viruses. Damn it. Viruses are garbage. They're parasites. They're only RNA. They can't live by themselves. They can't float around and do whatever. They have to be in some organic material. And it's only for a short shelf life outside of an organism of replication. Think of it as a parasite. If it's not attached to you, it's fucking dead. Okay? This is why every time you cough, every time you sneeze, you have a virus. Right now, my throat is hurting. Right? So that means it's inflamed or something or it could have been... That, that I was really, really upset earlier today. Um, but what happens is I expel viruses as I speak, as I talk, as I eat, as I sneeze, um, you know, to expel the garbage, to expel the garbage. Um, and that's basically what it is. So how, can you test for like AIDS, for example, or COVID, for example, with PCR? Look at what it says here. It says, in a short time, Chinese scientists have shared the genome information of novel coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2, from these pneumonia patients. Wait, wait, stop. They're pneumonia patients that have a virus. 
and developed the real-time reverse transcription PCR, real-time RT, PCR diagnostics say. Given no specific antiviral therapy for COVID-19 and ready, and ready availability of remdesivir, so remdesivir pre-existed as a potential viral agent because it did, because it used to be called something the fuck else. All they do is rebrand. You just see the ending, ear, evir, evir, remdesivir, this. They only change a little bit of the molecule. And usually this shit was used for like... um. Let's see. So Paramavir was used for influenza treatment. Uh, that happened for the H1N1 flu. <laughs> See how they upgrade shit? So weird. So weird. And then we have Zanamavir, uh, which was um, used to inhibit neuraminidase. And they were using it for... Um, <clears throat> for other type of diseases. Um, it's oral inhalation. I think they used it for Zika too. Um, it treats flus basically and you inhale it. So it's an inhaling uh, therapy. Uh, there's um, uh, Leninamir. Uh, that one is actually uh, still in clinical trials. Uh, that one is a, ret a ret an antiviral and it's used in people with asthma and the flu. Um, so they're checking on breathing shit. Uh, studies in that have already been terminated um, in Arkansas. Like, what is it? Well, you know what? It's alphabetical order, so probably. But <laughs> Arkansas and California are like the biggest places. Why do they go there? That's just so dumb. That makes no sense, right? That makes actually no sense. These are like the inhaler type things that they do. And they used it with people with H1N1, right? So they try to get it. Um, you know, to the position where they can sell it. So they need to like check it and make sure that it works. And they recruit people from other nations too when they do these studies. I want you to know that for a fact, right? It's not just Americans. They have to like fit uh, certain, um, uh, you know, credentials, I guess. <laughs> and um, the companies that usually have this are companies you don't understand. Uh, they're, they're organizations uh, that are supposed pharmaceutical companies, but they're not. Like you would see things like um, uh, Vaxart, which is like Biota Scientific Management Party. You go through that site and you pick out the antiviral drugs, you're all going to see China all over that shit. But also what you're going to see is, is that it's companies that feed into institutions that are um, charitable institutions that our government likes to invest. Some of them are owned by people within Congress. See, this is what I've been saying. And you're going to be like, Tori, well, you know, you need to No, there's more pertinent shit. Like you can't fix this shit. But the one thing you could do is give the right wing and left wing media left wing. That's so dumb. Some actual people that don't know what to do and they're losers and they're doing things, you know, like the stuff they re rehashed out, you know, graphing this. At least they could start talking about the fact that remdesivir, right, already existed for COVID and they went straight to phase three trials. OK, you know, I told you that Tamiflu also did the same shit. <laughs> Damn it. All a little bit of AIDS. Why do I say that? They've been giving you it for a while. They've been telling you you have it. So you've been taking your flu vaccines, of course, because you want to be not sick. Or I'm a nurse. So I must take a flu vaccine because I'm going to kill myself if I have the flu. And then you take the flu shot and you feel like shit. And you're like, why did I take the flu shot? That's so dumb. And it's like, yeah, you took it. No one told you to take it. You did it because you were like, I want to feel better. 
Well, I found this guy who I really like um, sometimes. I don't agree with everything this guy says, but he said he finally figured out something. Before we get into the PCR, right? Um, I want I want to share what this guy did by himself. He's just some dude on the internet. Take a listen. What's up, world? So this might be the most important video that I ever make because I think that I figured out what about the unmentionables is causing some of the adverse effects that we're seeing, specifically the rare blood clots and the rare inflammatory diseases that we're seeing. And the other thing that I think I figured out is what could be driving the crazy mutations. Now, I know that we had variants even before the unmentionables were rolled out. But I believe that there is something about the unmentionables that will drive very serious mutations. It's not going to just drive the appearance of certain variants, but it's going to... But something about the unmentionables, which I will be showing, I think is causing very aggressive mutations. And this is all just what I think. I don't know for sure, and I'm basing all of this off of what is on the Red Cross website. Now, I've covered this information before, but when I've covered it before, I never really looked at it in this way. I just covered it to show that... Uh, you, you can see the other videos, why I covered it. Okay, I'm not going to say why I covered it. If you want to see why I covered it, you can check out my other videos, which you can find on my backup channel, Your Pal the Devil, and you can also see the videos on my BitChute or Odyssey channel. So I've covered this, this article before, this Red Cross post before. It's on redcross.org. And you can find it by simply typing into Google, can I donate plasma to the Red Cross after this, after blank? You know, you can fill in the blank yourself. So can I donate plasma to the Red Cross after blank? And then you get this post from the Red Cross from July 28th, 2021. And the title of this post is Answers to Common Questions About Blank and Blood, Platelet, and Plasma Donation Eligibility. So this article, the third question down from the top, and no, that's not some sort of Masonic reference. It's really just the third question down from the top. I didn't create this uh, Red Cross webpage. Somebody else much smarter than myself created this page, obviously. But the third question down from the top is, what is the difference between COVID-19 antibodies that you develop from exposure to the virus and antibodies that you develop as a reaction to the vaccine? And the answer is, antibodies that an individual produces when they've been exposed to the virus are slightly different from the antibodies that an individual produces when they've been vaccinated. When an individual has been infected with a virus, they produce antibodies to multiple regions of a virus, including the nucleocapsid protein. An individual who has received a COVID-19 vaccine will produce antibodies to the spike protein of the virus, but not the nucleocapsid protein, which will only occur in the event of a COVID-19 infection. Now, I want it to be known that every time I have covered this post, this is now the third time that I'm covering this post. And no, that's, once again, not a Masonic fucking gesture or, like, sign or, like, whatever. It's just 
this is really the third time that I'm covering this post. Every time I've covered this post, this wording has been different. The second time that I covered it, it had the most coherent and clear and detailed wording. And where it even explained that they used different tests to determine what antibodies are being activated. So when the Red Cross says this, this you can take to be a scientific fact that everyone agrees upon. The Red Cross has even explained it, as I said in a previous post. So now this is very important. The fact that these antibodies that the vaccines produce only address the spike protein of the virus and not the nucleocapsid protein. Let me show you why. Now here, everyone, I'm sorry, I'm going to be just showing it directly from my Final Cut Pro. I'll try to actually minimize these windows and maximize this. Okay, there we go. So here you have the virus. And the arrow, as you can see, is pointing to the RNA of the virus. So the virus is the shell. You see this blue area over here? This is the shell. This is the nucleocapsid protein. And then you have these red spikes here. This is the virus's spike proteins. This is what the virus uses to attach to your cells. And essentially, it uses these spike proteins to administer the internal RNA. It's basically fucking your cells with these spike proteins. Hits your cell, and it attaches to your cell, and it infects your cell, and it takes over your cell, and it replicates this RNA within your cell. Now, because, and, and you can see I, I have it, you know, the spike protein, the nucleocapsid blue protein, but because the vaccines are only addressing this outer shell, all it's doing is neutralizing the virus. It's only temporarily neutralizing the virus. It's not actually killing the virus. It's only blocking the virus's little dicks so the virus can't fuck your cells. The virus is still alive. It just has a condom on its dick. That's what these vaccines are really doing, is putting little condoms on these spikes. But the condoms that the, that the vaccines are producing are themselves spike proteins. So the vaccines are causing your body to produce spike proteins that basically clog up these spike proteins and stop the virus from replicating in your cells. However, this is what I think is causing condoms blood fall clots off. and the inflammation. And this is why I think the blood clots and inflammation are only happening to some people. I think it depends on if they have the virus inside of their body. And essentially what I think is happening is, naturally, as the Red Cross website has told us, your body attacks multiple regions of the virus. And this breaks down the virus and basically decomposes or digests the virus. But if all you're doing is capping the virus, all you're doing is addressing these spike proteins, then the virus is remaining whole in your system and it has no way of leaving your system. And then thus, the virus acts like a foreign body inside of your system, causing inflammation and damage to the cells that it comes into contact with. So instead of hijacking those cells, because these little dicks are blocked with just basically inverse other dicks, it's just- I love spikes, it. 
it's actually causing damage and inflammation throughout your body and your body isn't breaking it down because once these little dicks are covered, your body is basically, and, and the messenger RNA technology itself is signaling to your body to only produce those spikes for a little while. I'm pretty confident, I think, that your body isn't sending, as the Red Cross post says, your body's not sending antibodies to break down this virus. And I think essentially what's happening is that the virus, it's not breaking down. It has no way of leaving your system. So it's just this spiky, of course, it doesn't look like this. I know this is not to scale. By, by no means, don't mistake this, these lines for like your vessels. The virus is not this big. But regardless, it's still causing damage so that's what I think is causing the clots and the inflammation. Now, the other problem is way more severe, and that is the mutations that we're seeing. So it's causing the mutations, or at least what I think... I have a story to tell you about this guy when he's finished. ...is causing the mutations, is that because the little dicks are blocked, I think the RNA material inside, it's not being destroyed. The nucleocapsid protein is still there, keeping the RNA safe. So what I think is happening is this RNA inside is allowed to mutate. And not only is it allowed to mutate, it's saying, hey, I need to mutate. My little dicks are getting blocked. I need to now start mutating new dicks and, and other things that haven't even been seen before in the natural world. And this virus is going to mutate because of this. And basically, when these little dicks are blocked, it's basically allowing this to act as an incubator. It's just basically sealing the, the virus off and it's forcing it to mutate these little dicks to overcome those spike proteins. And essentially what I think will happen is eventually these spike proteins of these vaccines, I think will drive these spike proteins to mutate to such a state where no natural spike protein will be able to combat this and you will essentially have to get the vaccine. But that's what I think is happening. I could be wrong, but I don't think that I'm that wrong. And, you know, I really hope that I am wrong because if I'm not wrong, this can cause some, some major, major issues. So I'm going to leave the video here. I'll see you all in the next video. So I'm going to leave the video here. Hopefully this video doesn't get stricken down. You know, I mean, this is this entirely off of what the Red Cross website says. And this is just my own inference of that. This is just the thoughts that I had after reading that Red Cross information. Hopefully it's not declared misinformation. This is a really important idea. I don't want to call this information because I'm not presenting any information of my own. My information is based off of the information that's on the Red Cross website. And this is my theory that I'm sharing. A theory isn't necessarily information. So this theory that I'm presenting, I think, is very important. So hopefully YouTube doesn't take this down. And if they do, you will still be able to find it on BitChute. You will still be able to find it on Odyssey. And if my theory proves to be correct, then, you know, YouTube should just feel ashamed of themselves. Because if this does prove to be correct, then we're in a lot of fucking trouble. All right, let me tell you something about Mr. Uncensored, right? So I found him a, a long time ago. I, I <laughs> you're going to, uh, you know, I, when you tell people about these things, then it's like, 
you know, it's not good. But I have to tell you because it's really funny. So I watched one video he did. He's done other ones that I don't agree with the stuff, right? But um, his name is Mr. Uncensored. I actually reached out to him, I think, in September or August. <sighs> trying to remember. Um, so I have a computer in a box. And um, that computer uh, was given to me by someone top of the line, right? I haven't even opened it yet because I have a power supply failure on one of my computers. And um, my daughter had purchased me a computer because I didn't have enough. Um, and I didn't transfer it yet. So Hera was like, mom, you know, I'm getting this computer and, you know, here you go. And I was like, you know what? Um, rather than give it to me, can you take it and wipe that down and clean it up? your old, you know, gaming computer that you're giving me. And instead of sending it to me, I want you to send it to someone else. Since I was already blessed that someone gave me this computer. So I found his email through uh, YouTube and I emailed him and I was like, so dude, you were, he was making videos. He had like, you know, like a thousand followers, right? He doesn't get a lot of views. And, uh, and he was making a video and it was really good. Like his perspective, we need various perspectives. I don't agree, like I said, with a lot of the shit he puts out. But it was one <clears throat> one video that I saw and then it kept crashing. He's like, I'm really sorry. I'm trying to do this. I really need to get a new computer. That's what he said. So I emailed him and I was like, yo, I want to send you a computer. Um, <laughs> just out of the blue. Because uh, your voice is important. People need to have a voice. I thought I could pay it forward to someone random, right? And, and that's what I did. And uh, obviously, um, he actually got it kind of late because Hera took forever, you know, obviously, military, doing all this stuff um, to send it to him. And she needed to wipe it clean um, to make sure it was perfect. And he got it. He was like, oh, I already got a laptop. And I was like, dude, like, you know, I sent it to you. If you don't want it, pay it forward to someone that needs to make videos. Maybe you'll st stumble upon someone. So, um, but what his explanation here was fantastic, right? Because that's exactly what you saw in the more technical terms, right? Remember the Pac-Man face blocking shit, right? So it can't do. And like I told you, other shit fucking lines up and then becomes a clusterfuck. And then the cell dies and the RNA spills out mutated anyway. So, uh, you know, obviously he used uh, more funny language. I like it. Um, but, you know, I hope he keeps making uh, things like this, right? Because uh, it's, 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 it's incredible to watch how the human mind can tap into things, uh, you know, when they're, uh, when they're, when they put their thinking cap on. So I wanted to tell you how, uh, you know, taking a PCR test doesn't really do shit. And, you know, I know how to run PCR. I've run PCR myself I, <laughs> many times, but you know, there's, there's a lot of things that a lot of people don't understand. So there's this guy that died, <laughs> I quietly died, of who talked about Fauci. Let me let me first play these two minutes of him talking about Fauci. Is it what what is it about humanity? That, 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 that wants, wants to go to, go to all, all the details and stuff. And and listen, you know, these guys, guys like Fauci get up there and start talking to me. They don't know anything really about anything. And I'd say that to his face. Nothing. Me too. The man thinks you can take like, a blood sample and stick it in an electron microscope. And if it's got a virus in there, you'll know it. 
he doesn't understand electron microscopy and he doesn't understand medicine. He, doesn't, he should not be in a position like he's in. Most of those guys up there on the top are just total administrative idiots. They don't know anything about what's going on at the bottom. You know, those guys have got an agenda, which is not what we would like them to have, being that we pay for them to take care of our health in some way. They've got a personal kind of agenda. They make up their own rules as they go. They change them when they want to. And they smugly, like Tony Fauci, does not mind going on television in front of the people who pay his salary and lie directly into the camera. The sheep to really respect the best and the brightest. They don't know the difference, really. I mean, so I, I like humans, don't, don't get me wrong, but basically there is a, there is a, there's a vast, the vast majority of them do not possess the, the ability to judge who is and who isn't a really good scientist. I mean, that's a problem. That's a main problem actually with science, I'd say, in this century because science is being judged by people. Funding is being done by people who don't understand it. Okay, who do we trust? Fauci? Fauci doesn't know enough to, you know, if Fauci wants to get on television with somebody who knows a little bit about this stuff and debate him, he could easily do it because he's been asked. I mean, I've had a lot of people, president of the University of South Carolina, ask Fauci if he'd come down there and debate me on stage in front of the student body because I wanted somebody who was from the other side to come down there and balance my, because I felt like, well, these guys can listen to me, but I need to have somebody else down here that's going to tell me the other side. But Fauci was- didn't want to do it. See, he's right. So when all of this was coming out, right, um, and and starting to get rolled out right before Obamacare, right, right before Obama uh, kind of really sat himself, you know, it was 2008. And for all of us, like Carrie and many others, and I'm not, I wasn't a scientist then, the panic went crazy. Tori, you're going to go and, and you're just going to, you know, Fauci doesn't know shit. You'll know just enough. You know, we'll tell you. And it's like, nah, man, I can't because I, if I don't, if I don't understand it well enough, it's not going to work. Don't worry about it. I'll go back to school. No fucking big deal. I'll, I'll go at least this time. I'll get that degree. I'll enjoy it. It's a great cover. Let me go. And, uh, I married it with my actual job to use that as a cover. And uh, within the United States, so that I stay cloaked uh, with the, you know, um, with my identity, uh, tweaked, but identity. And so I was like, you know, while I'm working for the losers, I can work for the good guys and they wouldn't know. I just tell them, you know, my father passed away. I didn't get to see him die because, you know, you guys had me in the fucking boonies. So, uh, I want to go and learn about it. It's going to help me psychologically. We're like, okay, Maris, whatever, whatever. And it was the most enjoyable experience for me to force them rather than, <laughs> nope, I need this, you know, um, you know, cause people cry. Oh, I didn't see, you know, I, I, I missed a ton of Christmases, a ton of New Year's, right? A ton of birthdays. I miss my father's death. And I all, and I actually missed my brother's death because I was being debriefed out by the Middle East. And then the minute I get, you know, okay, vacation time, you've got bucket time so we can figure out what you're doing. You know, while I'm debriefed, they tell me that he passed. And I'm like, this is really messed up. Like, so messed up. 
this so messed up. Like you didn't tell me. And this is, he, he went in March. It's fucking November. So I'm, I, I, I go to my mom who was devastated and, you know, with, you know, my children and the devil that I had married. And I was just like, uh, whatever. And it was just a couple days later, my, my brother passed away in New York. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? What is going on here? I, I didn't get to see that. I, I didn't even get to see him. Like, I'm still trying to see family. And, and they die and I don't get to see them, right? <laughs> I don't. I didn't even get leave, okay? I didn't get leave, okay? So for anyone talking smack about Crimea River, I've got shit ton of rivers to cry. So I didn't even get any ability. So I use that. Hey, I lost my dad and my brother. You know, I didn't get to see any of them. I, I really need time. I think since both of them went from cancer in quiet, um, I would like to go study it. So I want to go back to school. Maris, this is dumb. And I was like, what? I, I can fly. You know, I, I, I took my MCAT. I got a fucking 42 on that bitch. And I applied. And I went straight. I didn't, I didn't apply. That's a lie. I walked into the University of Kentucky. And I said, I'm signing up for classes. I don't know why people apply to colleges. Just fucking go in there and sign up when it's time for school. That's exactly what I did. I never put an application with a fucking, oh, here's my, you know, essay and shit. I don't do that. And and your kids don't have to do that. They can actually just go there and say, I'd like to sign up. I'm dead serious. So um, I had applied. I got accepted. I applied. I went in and I signed up for classes. My targets, my targets uh, for easy access with private airports, right, was Kentucky, Boston, and upstate New York. Um, Kentucky it was because the good guys, all of us knew where all the players are going to be. And, um, it was easier for me, uh, for travel and it's freaking Kentucky. Why not? Right. So there I met the person that did the correlation between, um, malaria and AIDS, uh, showing the, the, the discrepancies with, um, hydroxychloroquine, uh, people that had malaria and were taking hydroxychloroquine, having sex with HIV positive people that had a high viral load, uh, that have had HIV for over 20 years and were on the verge of AIDS, um, you know, weren't getting AIDS. Weren't getting HIV. And then the prostitutes would die. You know, my question to him, obviously, he wasn't paying attention to the hydroxychloroquine. He was calling it a coexistence of diseases because he's an epidemiologist. Now he's actually a professor at the university. At that time, he was a student. Um, you know, it, it, I, he didn't see the hydroxychloroquine. So weird. I would have expected him. I wish that I would have seen him propelled into the spotlight uh, with his research. It's there his correlation as, as an epidemiologist. So that's what I did. I had to learn. I, I did my histology. I said, guys, I, I think I made Dean's list at, <laughs> because I couldn't take more than 21 credits as an undergrad or graduate. So I would actually take more classes. Uh, and I did at the bluegrass technical college. I made Dean's list there. Right. Um, and uh, online uh, just so that I can hurry up because I wanted to get into the College of Medicine on the graduate side so I can tack on to this guy, which I knew future-wise that his research was going to be the foundation working backwards to find, you know, stuff. So 
Um, you know, so this is why I took classes in at the College of Pharmacy, College of Medicine, um, and I went to different laboratories that I had to go. So the Pasteur, uh, the the Pasteur laboratories, uh, Craig Ventner, uh, Bonnie Bassler, um, uh, it was um, uh, oh Gentech. I so many of them. And it was a lot easier because as a parent and a mature student, as they call, they have to fill quotas. So that was super fucking easy for me. And the fact that I was going in with federal work studies, a lot easier. So like Carrie said, you know, even though he said, you know, all of us can, uh, you know, pull off a Fauci and pretend we know shit. Right. Uh, Because, you know, I've been a hotel manager, like uh, the shit that I've done wearing hats as an intern. I'm going to air quote intern. Let's call it internship is ridiculous. And I'm like, I've worn so many freaking hats. Why not wear the doctor hat? Like, you know, and I actually thought that if I was able to stay there, I would have just done it. Right. Not practice, though. I guess I would have done my internship to have a specialty because I really liked interventional radiology. I, you know, I can thread a catheter up into your heart like nobody's business and pop that balloon. Um, you know, I can do that because I learned that in school. Um, but, you know, it, it was very important that if we were going to fight this war, that we actually had the ammunition. And as, as, as someone that was tasked with one thing and then, you know, people disappear from your team, uh, you know, you obviously have to, uh, you know, recycle how and what, um, strategies you're going to take. So the strategies would be the Thomas Jefferson strategy, which is, you know, fuck it. You can't just infiltrate and do, obviously, especially when you've burnt the cards. I didn't expect that I would burnt the cards. I didn't expect that I'd be, um, you know, uh, um, discontinued as an asset um, for this private contracting company uh, within the United States uh, by uh, the Obama administration. Uh, But, you know, that stupid bitch, Aaron. Anyway, um, I had to strategize. So um, the best thing that I could do was uh, find education as the source. And so I delved into um, learning educational tools and how to convey information and what works well. I know it sounds dumb, but with kids, I mean, I did it at college because I was um, TAing for the physics department because that's like my stuff, right? Physics is just, you know, mathematicians are physicists. Physicists are mathematicians. It's just, it's like an ongoing clash. It's like, stop, you're both mathematicians. But anyway, so I TA'd uh, a couple classes just to see how it is with adults and where they pull and where they push. Obviously, a lot of them are lazy students, right? They just want to get the credits. They're not going into physics, so they're not very interested. Their life doesn't depend on the information, so they're not going to pay attention. Um and then I moved on to, I volunteered um, with younger children, teaching them a foreign language. Uh, I volunteered at all my kids' schools, teaching chemistry, uh, math, and biology. And, and that was helping me fine-tune skills to see what deliverance systems were better, interactivity, uh, fun, videos, uh, and uh, to what level I can push. So basically garnering skills. Something that Dr. Carey was uh, very adamant about when people talk about science. So, um, and Dr. Zavos. I mean, he was one of the funnest. So, uh, the reason is, is because uh, you should be able to talk about things. A lot of people that you'll see that do shows, right? Uh, YouTube shows, radio shows, you name it. They're on the computer and they're looking shit up and they have paperwork. I think my, one of my lawyers actually watched me do a show. I think he did. Well, we did it together. I don't have anything. Maybe I'll line up some videos a few minutes beforehand. I let the cyber 
space. Pick them for me. I don't select them. They just come up, <laughs> right? So because I want to be able to be knowledgeable to be able to convey this information. So Dr. Carey, being someone that had uh, invaluable knowledge in regards to um, virology and molecular biology, he started questioning HIV. And I want you to listen to him. The first time I really questioned it, I was working on a project where we were measuring HIV in people's blood at this place called uh, Specialty Laboratories in Santa Monica. I was just an, a, a consultant there. And I came in about three days a month and we were working on that. And at some point we needed to re up our, our grant from the NIH to work on that. And I had to write it. And so the first line of that was HIV is the probable cause of AIDS. And I wrote that and then I said, well, I need a paper, some kind of scientific paper to reference that statement. Because when you make a scientific a statement like that, that's like a fact. You need to say, here's how come I know that, right? You put a little one if it's the first statement you've made. And then you put down at the bottom of the paper, you have a one and you say, Here's a paper by somebody that describes why that statement is true, right? And so I said, to, I said, well, what's that? I don't know. Let me think about what is that paper? Who do I go to for that? And I looked around. I asked a couple of virologists at that company, and they said, no, you don't have to reference. I said, I have to reference that because I don't know. I don't know where that came from. How do I know that? And it turned out that nobody knew it. There wasn't a scientific reference, like a, a paper that somebody had submitted with like experimental data in it and like logical discussion and said, here's how come we know that HIV is the probable cause of AIDS. There was nothing out there like that. Nothing. Can you talk about your experience when you met Luke Montenegro the first time and you questioned him about his well, by the time I met Luke Montagnier, I had met a lot of AIDS researchers at meetings, and I had always gone up to them. If they, if they talked like they knew about H, HIV and AIDS, I always went up to them afterwards and I said, where can I find a scientific reference that I can use for my... Remember I said I had a sentence there. It said HIV is the probable cause of AIDS, and I needed to have that backed up by something before I could write it and submit it. And I went around and I asked a whole lot of people. I said, well, the people, you know, I can't find it. I, at first I looked for it, you know, just in, in like computer searching kind of stuff like that. But then I said, there's got to be somebody that knows this. So you go to experts and ask them. And so I asked all these people one after the other, and none of them had it. None of them. And I was getting really freaked about that. That's when I first started saying, they don't know. Nobody really knows. This whole thing is a big sham. It's ridiculous. But then finally Montagnier came to a, there was a, a special little seminar down in San Diego where an old friend of Robert Gallo's, Flossie Wongstall, was opening up the Department of AIDS Research down at San Diego. They had big, lots of money involved, federal money. And they had Montagnier come there and give a talk. And after that, they had a little wine and cheese thing. And I went over to Montagnier afterwards and I said, uh, Dr. Montagnier, I I, I, I have a, I can't find a uh, reference. Like who, I can't find a reference to go with the statement, HIV is the probable cause of AIDS. I, I'm sure you can help me. And 
he, he knew that he probably should be able to help me. And he said, well, why don't you quote this new work? This, and by new, he meant like something that came out this year. Right? This new work about a, 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 a kill uh, monkeys. Or I think it was not monkeys. It was like uh, something related to monkeys, some kind of a baby, a little ape. And, and I had read that and I said, that didn't. It was like supposedly going to be a model system for studying AIDS. If somebody had figured out some kind of retrovirus that passing it back and forth between various mammals, they could probably, they could finally put it into chimpanzees and kill them. And it killed them in about a week. And it didn't kill them in any, there was nothing like AIDS there. You know, it, it doesn't kill you in a week. This is just totally ridiculous. It, none of the symptoms were the same. And I said, I said, well, you know, I read that paper and I didn't, I didn't see any connection between that and AIDS. And I, and I, and I, I don't think that would be a real, I wouldn't want to use that as a reference. And uh, I don't remember exactly what he said, but I know he walked away. Oh, no, before he told me about that paper, he said, why don't you use the NIH, like the, the CDC report? And I said, well, I looked at that and that was not a scientific paper. And then he said, what about this other thing? This, this, this like paper that had just come out about a month before and, and it, a lot of fanfare associated with that paper, but it was total crap. It was like, yeah, if you got $2 million, you can figure out how to kill a primate with a retrovirus. So what? Doesn't have anything to do with AIDS. It didn't look like AIDS. It didn't smell like AIDS. It wasn't AIDS. It was just a got a retrovirus that can kill a chimpanzee. So what? So I, I didn't get any more out of him. He walked away after that. And the people standing around, by the way, who were his colleagues there, looked at him like they were thinking he should come up with a better answer than that. But he couldn't, and that's, he just turned around and walked away. I really thought he'd have an answer. I really did. I mean, that was my last, I was right at the edge of my, my faith in the system. But I thought, Montagnier will know why he thinks HIV causes it. And he'll tell me. He'll say, because of this study. You know, but he didn't have that. None of those guys have that. And that's why they're so, they're so weird. You know, that's why they don't want to say, they don't want people like me walking up and asking them those kind of questions. And they're willing to like go to great lengths to prevent that. They're out on a limb. I wouldn't want to be there with them. I was given the mission to develop an HIV diagnostic test. Uh, and it was sort of an unspoken tradition at Amgen that whenever we would launch into a product development uh, effort, that we'd invite persons from both sides of an issue. And uh, the only person that I knew was uh, not entirely convinced that HIV was an important target was uh, Dr. Peter Duisberg. Uh, so I called Dr. Duisberg to uh, come out and give a seminar at Amgen, and um, he agreed. And it was at that time when he had introduced his uh, uh, theories about uh, other causes of AIDS and his beliefs that HIV was a harmless passenger virus. So that really is what planted the seeds uh, in my life to start questioning um, the link between HIV and AIDS. Um, and it was interesting at that seminar, um, the majority of the PhDs in the company actually boycotted the seminar. They had refused to come and be in the same room with uh, Peter Duisberg. And I thought this was odd because as a scientist, uh, we generally love vigorous arguments. And I thought that if persons uh, had 
arguments against Peter Duisburg that this would be a perfect time for them to um, attack him. Um, they did, however, let the research associates come to the seminar, and uh, it was just amazing. Everything that Dr. Duisburg uh, had brought to my attention was completely unknown to me. And uh, based on what he said, I was convinced that there were some serious problems uh, with the HIV-AIDS hypothesis, if indeed what he said was true. And that prompted me to go to the library, and that was about 12 years ago, and I've been um, studying this issue ever since. I remember when I made the shift myself, because for, for the first few years of AIDS, I was reporting on this story as a, from the conventional perspective. And then I learned from one reason or another, I had a chance to go into it more deeply. I spent a week in the lab of a, of a, a, a virologist in Germany who showed me the procedures that were involved in, in isolating and purifying viruses, showed me why he also didn't believe that, that this had ever been done with HIV. And um, gradually, I understood the intricacies of this story, and that allowed me to make the shift. But I, I remember being resistant to thinking that I'd been reporting this wrongly all those years. It, it takes a lot, of, a lot of, you know, kind of movement inside to be able to change direction on such an important and emotive issue as the cause of AIDS. From the very beginning of my medical engagement, I focused on family planning, sexual education, contraception, abortion, because I think this is the very basis of um, a happy life, to be able to control um, fertility. And in the 87, 88, we were confronted with reports that this new virus and this new disease was breaking out of the formerly so-called risk groups uh, of gay people and hemophiliacs and now was now spreading among the heterosexual population. And um, I found that highly, highly unlikely and in contradiction to everything I had learned in medicine because the mode of transmission is predetermined and doesn't change easily. And especially to say, well, now HIV uh, broke out of the risk group because the, risk, the people inside the risk groups are almost all infected. Suggests that the, the virus has some knowledge about how many people are infected and realizes and thinks and says, well, now I'm going to change my mode of transmission. This is like us being stuck in, uh, in, 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 a, in, in a car um, uh, jam, in a traffic jam, and deciding suddenly, well, now we can just fly because we can't move forward in, with our car. It doesn't make sense. And that's when I started to ask critical questions. And I didn't get satisfying answers, so I asked even more critical questions. And in the end, I ended up to write a book, Do We Love Dangerously, to evaluate and bring together and analyze facts about and, and data available on this question. At the time, the experts were claiming, this is 1999, that there'd been a quarter of a million deaths in that year alone, in South Africa alone. And so it struck me 
that if one could verify that that was true, it was obscene even to continue the debates. And that if I could prove that, which I thought was just a matter of a phone call or two, it would end the debates and the denialists and President Mbeki would have to sort of retreat uh, into the corner and wear dunce caps. So I went out and started looking for corpses. And that's many years ago, and I'm still looking today. Did you find the corpses? I didn't, and I believe that the claims then emanating from the AIDS establishment were entirely preposterous. But how can you say that when millions of children, millions of men and women, and orphans have been said to die from AIDS? Let's just step back and look at the broad picture. When I was still naive about AIDS, I used to open the newspaper and, and I'd read that some astronomical and dumbfounding number of Africans was infected with HIV, 24 million, 30 million, whatever. So what you discover is this doesn't imply that that many people have actually been tested. <clears throat> is, is what has happened is that it's assumed that that many Africans is theoretically connected via tortuous uh, mathematical models to a woman who tested positive in a government survey. What do you mean theoretical? Are you saying that those deaths didn't actually occur? I can't give you a yes or no answer on that. This is a Buddhist thing. You have to... This subject is, requires the wisdom of a Buddhist. You have to be able to hold two possibilities in your brain at the same time. It's very difficult for most people to do. I can tell you this, however. There are no statistics elsewhere in Africa. They simply don't exist. There are simply estimates generated by people who have a vested interest in, in keeping this, in, in portraying Africa's AIDS problem as, as, as dumbfounding as possible. The sole exception is this country, South Africa. South Africa is the only country in Africa that has anything remotely approaching a, a vital registration system on the basis of which you can draw conclusions. So you're going to ask me about the numbers in the rest of Africa? I don't know. You can, you can make up anything you want about most countries in Africa. No would be, nobody would be any the wiser. It's almost impossible to check. You can sit in Geneva with your computer and generate estimates of whatever nature. They remain theoretical. This is the battleground. South Africa, South Africa is the exception. It's the only country in the entire third world where it's possible to assess the accuracy of these theoretical estimates against real-life death, death registration. So the reason that I showed you this today and so late and why a long show is because usually when I go longer, the trolls disappear. And I don't want this information to disappear. See, they were telling you that it's all a farce. Now I'm going to tell you what AIDS is. So if HIV does not cause AIDS and human in, uh, immunodeficiency virus exists, but nobody can say it causes AIDS, which means that it completely annihilates. It means that the little condoms on the little dicks come off and turn into spears. See, it all started with trying to dumb down humanity. Once upon a time, a long, long time ago, there were really smart people, I guess, who went to a land and saw people. The people were smart. They were creating art. They were harmonious. Oh, a few spats here and there. But they were taller than them. They were bigger than them. And they said, ah, oh, you know, these, these, these people that we just found, we need to make them smaller. We need to make them weaker. We need to tweak them. No, 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 no. We can't do that. We should annihilate them. There's these Harambe's out there. Why don't we tweak them to give them just a little bit smarts so they can serve us? We will make them our own. 
in her own image. Yeah, I don't know if we can do that. So they tweaked down some by silencing and splicing genes and tweaked up some and amplified and added genes. And and so they created their own, you know, type of people. The problem was the Harambe's and those people that were advanced Harambe's uh, were not theirs. And therefore, whatever silencing they put, whatever amplifications they put, they would pop off because they're simply condoms. So they realized that uh, those condoms pop off at some time and, and they bite you in the ass. Therefore, they had to get smarter. So as they got smarter, they tested, started all over again, tested, started all over again, built walls. You know, isn't it weird? I don't know who I had this conversation with. And I was like, damn, you're woke. Aside from the fact that we happened to just find Australia by accident and then just say, oh, yeah, we should make it a prison. It's far, far away. Uh, you know, what, what is it that we can see from space? The Chinese wall, the wall of China. Uh, and, and the stories that you're told is that China created this wall to keep enemies out, but but the weird thing is, is that it looks like somebody else had that wall to keep the Chinese from going to the rest of the lands. Almost, and it's all half finished. I mean, where'd the rest of it go, right? It's only a portion. It was to keep people in. Build that wall. Build that wall. And it's not for the Chinese to be invaded. And it's so weird that the Orientals, uh, you know, have different haplogroups. They look, anyway, let's not direct, digress from the story. So the moral of that story is when you fuck around, you find out. You mess with shit that's not yours. You can never fix it. Craig Ventner discovered that. I've told you the story a million times. He took a, a bacterium called the Mycobacterium genitalium and um, simplest form, decided to transform it. He was able to successfully make it turn blue. But what he wasn't able is after he knocked out all the genes possible that can make it virulent to cause urinary infections, he took them all out. He simply left enough genes to metabolize, to simply exist in a controlled environment where the temperature is 72 degrees and it's sitting in a petri dish and fed, right? It's totally, yep, I'm just existing. I'm just existing. I'm just existing. The minute he takes it out of there and puts it in nature, fuck, virulence pops up. All these little condoms where he cut it off suddenly grow again and all these penises show up and everyone's getting fucked with UTIs. See how that works? You can't mess with code that you don't understand because just like your computer, it has its own defrag system and, you know, so here we are at the point where the condoms are popping off again and, and, oh, we need to figure it out. Okay. Spanish flu. Okay. Polio. People are scared with pestilence and, and fear. Let's get them scared that they're going to die. Everybody's scared to die. And then we'll give them stuff to keep the condoms on. More glue, more glue, more glue. But then it's kind of like when you walk into, have you guys ever, no offense to my Indian listeners, okay? Just saying. Have you ever walked into a curry house? And at first you're just like, damn, all that spice. You're just like, it's super overwhelming. But five minutes later, you're kind of desensitized. Same shit goes here. 
Damn, yep, seen that before. I know how to maneuver that so I can wiggle it out. Yep, not as effective anymore. Not as effective anymore. So now it seemed as if this is just a story, allegedly, right? So now as, 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 as it was, no, it's not allegedly. They have been giving you vaccines in order to put in programming as they learn. I mean, people are so dumb. I'm so sorry. Look at your history for a second. Jesus was crucified. Everyone was walking around in dirt and sandals. And then, you know, everyone didn't have any electricity, no planes, no trains, no automobiles, no modern medicine for 1,800 years. And then suddenly they discover DNA. Suddenly they have all these discoveries. Suddenly you have electricity. Suddenly you have airplanes. Suddenly. And the airplanes haven't changed since fucking 1940. They're the same fucking planes. So you had all this boom. Look at all this shit we have. And it's like, wait a minute. And see, that's what happens. You're overwhelmed. You're just like, yeah, I'm just going to go with the flow. Humans are just like, yeah. So everyone was super dumb, right? Until that happened. Well, in actual fact, it could have been, I don't know, angels just like, you know, Carrie, who were able to be heard during that era or Tesla, right? Or other people that were able to be heard to break through the noise and say enough of this. It isn't like this. It isn't like that. And every, every single moment across the world, there would be moments like that journalist, like that other doctor, that other researcher, this person talking, this preacher, that. And suddenly their voices collectively over time became so loud that it popped off all the condoms. And then suddenly it's like, whoa, you can't keep it. Can't keep the Harambe in. So what do they do? They introduce a new fear to introduce Harambe again. You know, and then you can switch when you can turn them off. It really sucks. It really sucks because it's all there. And, you know, a lot of people have crystal ball (laughs) time traveler. Well, I mean, explain this little tidbit. Hold on. Let's see. This is from, I'm trying to make it closer for you without being too weird, because then people get weirded out. But listen to this. Why is Steve Bannon not in jail? For a misdemeanor, right? For a misdemeanor. Why is he not in jail? Well, did you see Cuomo go to jail? (laughs) That was a federal crime, not a misdemeanor. Was it? Was it a federal crime? I don't remember. Which Cuomo are we talking about? Is it Chris? Is it... (laughs) Gosh, darn it. We'll see. Oh, or maybe that's not out yet. Darn it. Our legal breakdown in this big new criminal case against Trump. Hmm. And today the news broke about Chris Cuomo. So it's like, you know, oh, Tori, you've got your beat on everything. (laughs) Stop. Stop. I mean, how do you explain hydroxychloroquine that I talked about beforehand? And I'm not flexing here. I'm trying to point to things you don't understand. See, a lot of people, when they don't understand things, they they tune out or they tune in. Those that tune in, tune in for curiosity. Those that tune out, tune out because they're like, yo, I can't understand it. Uh, I'm not fucking with this. So those that tune out usually mock, right? And ignore until it just it's just way too loud. And they're like, damn it. 
so this strange effect is a strange effect like in other effects. Things you think you know, huh, there's things you know, there are things you don't know, there's things you don't want to know, so you don't know. There's things that you don't even know you don't know. And there are things you don't even know you want to know, right? So um, I see things as a way of I don't know anything, ever. I see things always as a child. I suggest that everyone do that when they see any information from anyone. Because December's here. And it's not going to be that pretty. It's going to be very confusing. You're seeing it. All in the timing of now. We have, you know, people showing traits that are not good. People that feel like they have to explain themselves and show things. Like, for example, the Bergie shit, right? He sat there, said whatever he wanted. I already have the footage from the Marriott Hotel. I could put that shit out and I can crush him in an instant. I could show you a man that was crying and wanting his girlfriend. And remember, he raised tens of thousands of dollars from you in my name without my permission to come and help Rudy. And he didn't help Rudy once. Right? I could do that. But see, that's disgusting. Because you don't do that to people. You don't show their messages. You don't show videos. You don't show things like that. For me, I don't care that he showed the video. He said disgusting things about a lot of people. And he was acting erratic and he's a danger to himself. In in that video, I was really freaking out. Because I was actually scared for my kid. Uh, because he didn't show you the part that he was pounding on the door and walking back and forth in the hallway from like 5 a.m., Right? So I can show that and show his vulnerable side. But I won't because I don't stoop to that level. Losers stoop to levels like that. Losers have to explain. Losers have to sit there and whine about things. Losers have to show information that they were, that, that shouldn't be shown. You want me flashing out your texts? Hmm? You send me a text. You want me, you want to have the notion that I'm going to send it out when we fight? That's called blackmail. See, people like that are never to be trusted. When people take things that were done in confidence and they put them out, it's called blackmail. And I actually got a text from Bergie last month because I was traveling to New York, as you know, with my lawyers to meet with the best lawyer on the planet. And I had a lot of work to do with the Hunter Biden stuff. I actually got a threat. I was told that I didn't tell Patrick Byrne to send protesters to Patrick Berge. And I didn't tell the Florida people to go and march with Patrick Berge for justice for Millie, which Millie told him, stop using it, her name. He doesn't care. He's like, you did a documentary with me, tough shit. But he actually threatened me. He said, if you don't get me in front of Congress by the 29th of October, you'll see what I'll do. So anyone thinking that he's righteous... No, he's not. Show us the text. I don't have to. Those people that I care about, no. If you want to believe someone that's completely unhinged, someone that always plugs in, buy my book, buy my book, because that'll tell you everything. That's it. I, I mean, I can't say anything.
I can't say anything like that. You know, um, he sent me text. He said, look, even your listeners are asking why you're not marching for a million. I'm like, what the hell? To who? To this Congress? Are you insane? It's all about selling books, right? And pre-sales. And anyway, use your discernment in all things. And it's not just Patrick Bergamy. He's like a shit in the water, right? He's like a drop. Nobody listens to him. No one gives a fuck. He had a key tam. He had an IG filing and no one paid attention to him at all. And those are serious filings. So right now, him sitting on Twitter, foaming at the mouth and talking shit with bots. You know, the majority of the people that respond to him are bots. They're Ollie bots. He's so dumb. Look, it's nothing. But then we see people that were leading the charge in this revolution, where we're seeing things come out from one side and the other side. And then people, oh, they did this. Oh, they did that. Oh, they did this. And it's ruining the morale and the morale of the people because now here's where the real op happens. See, you were confused with the media. You were confused with the facts and the science and am I locked in? Am I not locked out? But now you're seeing them take another twist. All those that were supporting President Trump are now not. I mean, even Patrick Berge hates Trump now. He thinks, you know, he already did that. He'd be like, what? Obviously, he was a PFC and he served, so he's honorable. But General Blinn, Millie, you know, shouldn't, even though they're way more decorated and serve their country longer. He deserves the benefit of the doubt, not others. I get it. I get it. So again, take the 40,000 foot view when you're looking at all of this stuff coming out. These videos that are coming out, opportunists like Jordan say they're jumping in and saying things, all these people just picking sides because they're like, holy shit, this is the new movement. Let's all split up and make some money. It'll be one side and another side. So they're keeping you divided. They're keeping you divided. So it's not it's not a coincidence that Bergie did all this now because everyone is attacking. The real true colors of these demons are coming. They are coming hard. They are coming fast. So while you're busy fighting each other, you pose them zero threat. While you're divided, you are extremely weak. This is how they fucking control you. They put you in nice, neat little boxes and they control the shit out of you. So when uh, I'm disappointed that I thought when you embrace a demon, right, someone that's dark, right, when you embrace someone that's evil, because shit, I was around a lot of evil people a lot of times, and so much that for about six, seven months, that shit had rubbed off on me. Like, it was like, you know how people go on like Coke binges or drinking binges, right? Um, when you embrace someone that's so dark, In all aspects, I'm sure all of you have done this before, you know, especially women, man. They always go for those broken people. Oh, he's a bad boy and he's all broken and shit. But when you embrace them and you acknowledge and you put your finger on where they hurt and you say, you're hurting for the wrong reasons. You shouldn't hurt because they're jealous because they made money off of a product. You should hurt more that they're using it against the people. 
But see, at the core of it, it never changed. The mask of the story is it's against the people and I need to fix it. When you're fixated like that, it's called revenge. And it's because someone didn't get their cut from privatizing that product. And so you put, you put your, you know, the magic power that, <laughs> that, um, President Trump had was to find your button with his finger, right? <clears throat> I think I can always find the button of where someone's good. I, I always like to say that, right? And, and, and I think that's what made it easier for me <clears throat> to execute operations and stay friendly with really evil people. All of these people that you're seeing now from, what did he, what did he call you guys? Worms from worms to, you know, upper level personas that have betrayed you that are all separating into camps. Everybody hates General Flynn now, but remember, I lost my job because of General Flynn. I lost my job because of General Flynn. I said that. So there's camps that are being situated. There's people that were working with the bad people and they're realizing just how bad they are. And they're like, shit, we need to shift. But then all the people that were part of the movement, they were already planted. Now, I love Lynn Wood. He has a golden heart. But do you guys remember Professor Clements? I hope my archivist breaks this up into two, sh two episodes of two hours because it's way long. And I do this because it shakes off the trolls. But what happened was it was only February that we were talking about Cool Warrantos in January. And suddenly he's a professor and he's getting tapped and he's going on videos and he's talking about it. I spoke with him once, right? And we were going to um, get together and do a show. Like, yeah, I'd love for you to explain to my audience the Quo Warranto. Frequency is one of the best things that I can tune into, even though I'm deaf in one ear. I never called him again. Never called him again. So I realize in, in, every, in every situation, there's always someone that taps shadows. Everybody has a shadow. I have one too. They use your pain point. Like for me, Bergie tapped into my kid. He did something that you would never believe today. Um, <laughs> you know, that almost harmed my friends too. Um, anyway, they tap into your shadow and they know how to approach you in order to do it. <clears throat> and cause these things. And as they tap into your shadow, they start earwigging you, right? To get you angry or agitated or empowered, right? Kind of like the hooker that we hired for Hunter Biden. Empower him to release himself from the claws of his family. Empower him to just drop it all. And that's how he's going to be free. Empower him. Tell him how big and bad he is. Tell him how amazing he is. Make him a god. You know, tell him that he's more important than anybody else. See, this is what demons do. So we have this professor that comes out of nowhere. And he's a great orator. And he says all the things you want to hear. All the things you want to hear. And why the fuck is Josh Merritt saying he work with me? Bitch, you work so way under me. Don't even try it. I just wanted to point that out. And I know he's going to hear it at some point. Um, and uh, suddenly... I'm watching the symposium and this good man, Lindell, who's been struggling with demons all his life, right? 
has him on and he's talking as if he's an expert suddenly in election fraud and, and cybersecurity. And, and I'm just like, what is no one else watching this? He's repeating shit straight out of my affidavit. All of them are. And I'm like, what is going on here? Can nobody see this? Can nobody see what's happening? And then you saw a shift after that. It was a rapid shift. Camps broke up. The America First audits, you know, obviously were a sham. It was an operation. And it's okay. Big people, very big people, get jealous. They wanted to copy what you did with the rooms for the states. So they literally copied our state rooms and made their own as America First audits, right? And it had nothing, you know, they, they love to copy things and then take credit. I mean, that's the things with academia. And if you're in the military, you know, you could be in E1 all the way up to an E7. If an O3 steps up, he's going to take credit for your fucking work. That's the way it goes, right? They're the boss because they have more of a bigger platform. Uh, they have notoriety. You're a peon, right? They'll take the credit for your shit. And it happens all the time. Obviously, it should be message, uh, you know, over messenger, but we all do get butt hurt sometimes, like replicating state rooms, websites, right? Am I right? Um, but anyway, so Professor Clements uh, created this channel and he had all the infiltrators, the ones that were attached to Seth Ketchell and all these people corrupting them. Seth Ketchell is a man of God. Yeah, Tori called you that you look like the guy from Sonic. I kind of do, the evil professor guy. Whatever, right? He said I look like an egg. Okay. I mean, if th I mean, he's really thin. So? So? I think his, you know, his um sister, right, who used to be a man is better looking than him. But it doesn't matter, right? It's no big deal. Right? I'm just saying. He's a good person. He was corrupted. His shadow was hacked, right? And so his shadow was hacked. And they took over to split them there. This is where it started to split. Someone hijacked their shadow when we were in D.C., right? No, 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 don't listen. But every single person I pointed out to them that was there infiltrating they immediately found out I was right. So instead of me telling them, oh, just trust me and be like, okay, well, I'm giving you this information. Do as you please with it. Um, you know, enough action to show, but they didn't. Demons work in a very, very evil <laughs> is very, it resonates on a very specific frequency. And when it affects your loved ones, right, you hope. It's kind of like HIV. You know how it's like, oh, you have this spike and then it kills out all your immunity to fight it off, kind of like evil. If you have more evil in you already and evil comes in, damn, you're filled with darkness. But if you have light in there, even if it's twilight, if you get the right amount of good around you, you can amplify it and destroy that darkness and kind of make it, you know, be lower, in percentage, kind of like the graph we were watching before with high, you know, high HIV, low and cells. So it's really important that we understand how your shadow's hacked. They will come at you with things that you want to hear. They will placate your ego. They will find what your button is and then they capture you. And this is why I like that Patrick Byrne had that idea of deep capture. Right. A lot of people are, he's like counsel of foreign relations. So 
Council of Foreign Relations used to take fucking advice from me when I was a kid. They didn't know it was me, right? It was documents and shit, right? I'm just saying, the good, though, is what you need to look for. So people get hacked. Their shadows get hacked like crazy. Like crazy. So the thing is, who's hacking, who's shadow, and who's, who's, who's playing the marionette strings? Is it good or is it evil? Like, for example... All of you know that um, I'm going to show you a really good example. All of you know that um, when we were in D.C. and I was being questioned, I was actually drugged. I'm, I'm assuming it was like some LSD, something, something, something. And I didn't go to the hospital. Obviously, there was COVID. I didn't want to lock me in there and say, oh, you got COVID, you know. Um, and Patrick Burgi, for example, knew it, right? So he read Patrick Burns' email. And he knew the actual facts of what happened there. I, I had said so many times, you know, I, I lied. I actively lied. Like the guy morphed. You know, I actually had this conversation with Patrick Byrne, I think a couple of days ago on the phone. And he was like, oh, shit, I remember that. And I was like, dude, he morphed into Brennan. And, the, and he told me, and see, I don't even remember what the guy looks like. He said, you know what? He actually kind of looks like Brennan. And I'm like, fuck, really? So I'm drugged with God knows what. And I'm being interrogated by a guy that looks like John Brennan. I'm like, you gotta stop. You gotta stop. Cause I remember that he morphed into it anyway. And I panicked and that's where I started lying and where I was trying to conceal my emotions. And I was more, you know, anyway, but you know, Patrick Bergie knew that. Why didn't he mention it? Okay. So that's a question because I can hate someone, right. Or not like someone, right. And, 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 and show something that's unfavorable to them. But I'll always be fair and say, oh, you know, in all fairness, you know, obviously her legs were wet because she was wearing a skirt. So, you know, that part of the document, I mean, yeah, you know, I don't know from what perspective they're speaking. Maybe they didn't know that she was wearing a skirt. That's why they're laughing that her legs were wet in the rain. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, I talked about that with um, Patrick Berge on stereo about me being drugged. He knew that. So then when he presented that email from Patrick Byrne, who obviously forgot, right? Because we spoke way later and he's like such a busy man. You know, we weren't, we didn't have time at the time to talk. He, he didn't, he didn't remember. He wasn't, he wasn't my friend. I had embraced Patrick Berge. When he presented that email to you. He didn't say, you know, in her defense, she was drugged by some random candies or this. So of course she was actively lying. Don't you guys remember? She said it herself. No, instead he placated to that. You see, this is how hackers, shadow hackers work. Um, he made those statements to try to attack me. He was sending me text messages telling me how people hate me now. And it's like, uh, no one's going to tell me who I am. This is, these are the discrepancies that you should be paying attention to. I've always said since day one, consistency is key. When you see someone that is not consistent, right? Um, you obviously know that they're not original in their statements. If they're not consistent. So for example... Um, someone's like, oh, I hate Lynn Wood. And then they're just like, oh, maybe I spoke too soon. Hey, Lynn Wood, let me help throw in some salt, right? Going back to Lynn Wood. 
Professor Clements is a very well-trained shadow hacker. Very well-trained. He seems exceptionally, knowingly, unknowingly, God knows. But he has hacked the shit out of people's shadow. And so that is a common point right there. It's almost as if everyone's drunk some crazy-ass fucking Kool-Aid, right? To you guys, it looks like something is... Someone's drunk Kool-Aid and it's insane. You have to understand that no one, no person on, on, on the planet is impervious to having their weaknesses tapped into, your vulnerabilities tapped into. Even the president, President Trump has that. Those that pretend they don't are the weakest. I say it all the time. You know, it really bothers me when people talk shit about me. It hurts my feelings. I get over it really quick, though. Um, it's very few times that I'll get caught up with it and upset. Obviously, if it's someone close to me, you know, that's betrayal. It's really, really hard to get over that. You know, when you've enriched someone, when you've embraced someone and you spent time, it's really hard. I mean, Haley Kennington was a big blow to me. Like I was not expecting that. I helped her because she was, she was caught plagiarizing at big league politics. So they fired her. She had no job. I was promoting her to my friend, Laura, and I shouldn't have done that. She was just an asset tapped. I mean, I should have known when she bought a new house and I was like, there I am paying her bullshit money, whatever I had, you know, sharing my funds, whatever, whatever revenue I was having, I was sharing with her, um, for the writings and, and, and she's buying a a house. I don't even own a house. I my daughter's renting a house and I'm actually in my daughter's house, which I want to make it a family house. Maybe she'll take me in because we're going to be purchasing the house. That's why we closed on it for the purchase VA loan or regular, you know, mortgage, whatever. Um, actually that would be actually less than my rent. So that would be a good idea. Um, but, uh, you know, I felt so betrayed, like she had so many kids and I would always send them presents, you know, and, and, and ask her how they are. Like, I, I, I liked her. I loved her. Uh, she seemed very hurt from her past. And that really took a blow to me. It really did hurt me. And, and it's okay to be vulnerable. People are like, I don't give a shit. And it's like, stop. If you don't give a shit, you're the easiest person to hack. The people that pretend they don't give a shit are the easiest people to hack. Someone betrays you, you bitch about it, you cry about it, and you get over it. And so now what you're seeing is a bunch of egos pretending that they're not hurt. They're not butthurt. And boom. Right? That's it. Everyone's getting hacked right now. Everyone's getting upset. Everyone's getting irate. And it's normal. Because this is where everything's happening. It's happening now. So, so much evil is coming. What they need is to keep you divided. If they keep you divided, ha, it's over. You're fighting with each other. You are no threat to them. No threat. (laughs) I mean, you know, why would the attorney general sign on to a suit when the people that created it are fucking fighting, right? They're all, "Uh, I don't want to be associated with that. I want you to think. How many times does someone have to say it's, it's, it's drilled in every time we have an election divided, we fall completely. A united America is an unstoppable America. This is the digital battlefield right now. What you are seeing is the digital battlefield. You are being mind fucked personally. 
Because all of you are, but I love him. And he said, and oh my God. And you're like looking left, right, fuck. What do I do? Is the general really bad? I don't know. But he did this. Huh. And maybe it was a setup. And look at this article that was from there. But now it's circulating. Never circulated before. Oh, look, that Q channel just went. Q is CIA. Stop. What is going on here? I am so confused. I mean, some disinformation is necessary. But come on. This is like, fuck. This is like... It's like a fog, the fog of war. It's, um, you know, <sighs> what we need is humanity to unite right now because united we're strong. And the only way that we can unite is under educated people. And we need to take that. We have Dementia Joe, can't tie a shoe, right? Leading supposedly our nation and our country is completely divided, completely divided. Now, lots of things are happening. There are platforms that you have seen that were very organized, right? The Q platforms. That was, that was the biggest hijack ever, man. That was so fucked up. That's where you see how humans, they're so filled with the potential to be good. This is where you saw the bad, bad, bad. And this is where you grab on to rage and emotion on on very organized platforms, right? Because you're seeing it at General Flynn's platforms, the Cures, you know, Lynn Wood, Patrick Byrne, you know, there's many. Vernon Jones, we got the Sidney Powell camp, the Mike Lindell camp, the Rudy Giuliani camp, the Trump camp, the Alex Jones camp, the Roger Stone, which, by the way, I actually... I can't believe I'm saying this. I actually think Ali Akbar, his Lincoln project is actually trying to fuck stone. And I'll talk about that tomorrow. But anyway, this is where they are. They're just grabbing onto this rage and emotion of people by those that are controlled by this mesmerizing echo. Where we go one, we go all follow me. Uh, oh, look at this digital string. Oh, everyone's been arrested. Oh, this is happening. And you feel like you're on a roller coaster, but you're in an echo chamber. This is how you indoctrinate. What you saw when they took the cumification of personas is exactly to the T what indoctrination is. Don't listen to anyone else but us. Then in comes, insert, Austin Steinbart, calling them Pharisees, and they shunned him because this is how you test an indoctrination, an operation to indoctrinate the people. You provoke it and say, wait a minute, why can't I be part of your group? I say I'm your leader. And they're just like, ban him. Don't talk to him. We know everything. Look at us. And none of them know who Q is or what Q is, right? <laughs> Not even Ron Watkins. Not even General Flynn. So it's very few people that actually know that actually know. And those are the people that have remained consistent. Very few people have remained consistent. So, you know, you're seeing them hold on. They have their hooks into everyone's emotion and rage just going. And they're projecting it out, right? This rage, this emotional warfare, they're projecting it. This is how they control you. I know. I used to be the master of that shit. It is the system of control. 
a lot of people are going to choose how to go with less resistance. So you'll see the people that, I'm not taking any sides and I just sent, you know, and to a lot of people right now, you can't even tell the truth. Like if I came out and told you, all right, this is happening. Like here's this guy. Like if I made a list of all of them, Professor Clements, I already outed him. So that's done. But let's just put all the other guys on a list that are fighting they're causing you trauma from fighting because I see that and I'm like, why? You're your own people. You don't need coattails, right? You don't need anybody's coattails. You got your own. Big enough. You can't tell them the truth because they're too blind. So you know what you do? You let them see it. You let them see the truth. You must show the people the truth because only, only at the precipice Will people actually try to break the system? So right now, I'm letting you know, and hate me now, love me later. We'll hang out on air as long as we can, talking about many things and acting and doing things while the rest of the world is burning. We will find our still, all of us, individually, (laughs) we will find our still because we're not even close to the precipice yet. This hasn't even begun. And you think this is stressful? Fuck. You have no idea what's coming. This is where the baby's coming out of the vagina. So what you need to do is leave it and see it and watch it happen. I want you to to, to kind of think of all these things. Look at all the QAnoners. Look at all these people that made these movements, right? And look at how they indoctrinated people completely. The indoctrination, you saw it live in front of your eyes. You saw it in front of your eyes, how they indoctrinated people, how follow me, follow the Trump train. And everyone had like a list of names on Twitter and share this and join the Trump train. Dude, you were all indoctrinated. Every single one of you. That was Operation Gridlock. That was to stop the communication for flowing on Twitter. So they indoctrinated you with the trains. Then you saw accounts with crazy amounts, like quarter million. Listen to me. I know what I'm saying. It's like, bitch, where'd you come from? Uh, Last time I saw you, you were shining shoes. How are you an expert again? You know what? You made smoothies and you like aliens. Totally an expert on politics right now. Let me listen to you. It's like people lost their minds. And then, you know, during the pre-election period, there was so much going behind this, that, ah, and everyone's like raging behind people. It's almost like going to a game in England to watch West Ham where people are just beating each other up because someone's losing and then they're going out and having beers after they're, they're all knocked with no teeth. This is what happened. This is the indoctrination. And we're going to talk more about it tomorrow. I want you guys to ponder on that thought. To be indoctrinated, you have to feel like you're part of a group, like you're in a concert and you're bum-rushing people. The more indoctrinated you are, the more unable you are to see it, and you're in an echo chamber. I get a lot of people in my chat saying, stop showing CNN. I don't want to listen to Pelosi. Ah, My ears are screeching. And it's like, dude, you got to listen to them because they tell you everything you need to know. People don't read anymore. People don't listen. So the only way that this can end is when you actually pay attention and you get out of that echo chamber, out of that echo chamber, finding your still. 
How many of you have eaten a meal in silence with no phones? I still haven't done it, admitting that, right? See how that works. The only way you find the truth is what's left after the wind stops spinning, right? That's what you need to focus on because it's about to get real ugly, real ugly. And I'm telling you that because it's December 1st. So, you know, they will not control us. We will be victorious. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Paranoia is in bloom. The PR transmissions will resume. They'll try to push drugs to keep us all dumbed down and hope that we will never see the truth around. Another promise, another seed, another package lie to keep us trapped in greed. You see the green belt wrapped around our spine. Endless red tape to keep the truth confined. Find what the flag ascend. They will.